We all know deer and elk, you're glass and you're hunting hard in the morning, you're hunting hard in the evening. Antelope, you can hunt all day long. We've crawled through cactus for two miles to try to kill a big buck. And we've also driven around drinking hot cocoa and eating Doritos, glassing bucks up with a tripod off the edge of the road. Most guys don't know what they're looking at. And I've been fooled too. And I've seen great outfitters fooled. You know, you see a buck and no one thinks he's that big, but he stands next to the other antelope and he's kind of like a Shaquille O'Neal of antelope. No matter what you're doing, you should be building points in Montana and in Wyoming for antelope. Hey guys, this is Robert Hanneman with The Hunt Full Magazine, and I'm excited to be here today with The Wild Initiative. Put down your latte and pull on your boots. You and I and everybody listening to this owns 640 million acres. I think he killed more deer drinking his coffee, smoking a cigarette in the pickup truck than I did spending all that time freezing my butt off. Something that I would hope is that people realize that those are wild animals and they have savage natures. I look forward to packing animals out. I look forward to that pain of success. Doesn't matter where you were born. It doesn't matter where you live. I've said it before and you know what? I'll say it again louder for the people in the back. Your present circumstance should not limit your passions. This is Jay Scott of the Jay Scott Outdoors podcast. Hey, this is Ryan Callahan. Hi, this is Jules McQueen. Hey everybody, Jason Carter here with Epic Outdoors. Hey guys, this is Tim Burnett with Solo Hunter. You're listening to The Wild Initiative. Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of The Wild Initiative brought to you as part of the Waypoint Outdoor Collective. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal, develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com all right, y'all getting on to today's episode. Yet again, I'm sitting down with Robert Hanneman and Jared Lyle. We're going to pretend like we didn't just record one of these episodes, uh, even though we did. <laughs> um, thank you guys again for hopping on. I'm really excited about this episode because this is something I'm looking looking to hunt this year. Uh, and we are going to be discussing pronghorn and the big game draw for pronghorn if you don't know what a pronghorn is that's, that's what, what pretty, pretty much, much everyone, everyone calls, calls antelope, antelope and, I'm and i'm trying, trying to, to be proper, proper and use, use the right, right terms, terms. Um, um i've actually, I've actually had, had people, people thank, thank me for using the term, term pronghorn. pronghorn like, like random, random people, people on instagram, instagram they're like, like Thank you, Thank you so, so much, much for calling them pronghorn because they're not antelope. <laughs> I'm like, you, you get really butthurt over this, don't you? Like, you can bypass that and just call them speed goats. There we go. Exactly. <laughs> fast, fast food. Yep, fast food. They're the fastest. So, as we've been doing, um, ring, ring, ring. This is hunting full. Um, all right. I've been told pronghorn's a lot of fun to hunt. I want to go shoot one of these uh, speed goats in the face. Um, what, uh, don't, don't shoot one in the face. FYI, just throwing that out there, but 
I want to, I want to shoot, I want to shoot an antelope. I want to shoot a pronghorn. Where do, where do I even start? What do, what do I need to do? What are my odds? Well, since Robert said he has to take all the calls last time, I'll start first this time. My <laughs> first question is what's your weapon? Because the, the conversation around pronghorn draw is very, very different archery versus rifle. The reality is there's quite a bit of opportunity for archery hunters that is super easy to acquire. Um, you know, you've got states like Idaho, uh, that have unlimited archery tags available if you apply for it in the draw. Um, you have states like Montana that technically has a limited number of non-resident tags, but it's always, if not 100%, so close to 100% that you have to be really unlucky to not draw one of those archery tags. And in, in the case of Montana, you've got a huge long season to chase them with your bow, basically from August 15th until their horns fall off or their horn sheaths, whatever. <laughs> You're all technical. I'll let you decide what it is. But realistically, that's the truth. Um, so it's it's a weapon question, first and foremost. And I would also argue that they're, you know, arguably one of the better species to cut your Western bow hunting teeth on. They can be the most frustrating animal on planet Earth to spot and stock with a bow. No question about it. But they're you know, they're uniquely suited for waterhole sitting, fence crossings, antelope hate crossing fences. Like I've seen them stack up like lemmings on the edge of a cliff, trying to figure out how to go through a barbed wire fence that a deer would just jump, <laughs> um, you know, so you can, you can hunt antelope out of a blind pretty successfully. And quite frankly, most of the time, they're not even that averse to a new, like a fresh pop-up blind on a waterhole. So anyway, that's kind of my archery take on it. I'll let Robert grab the, the rifle portion of it. And as well as maybe elaborate on my archery thoughts. I, I just have a question for you, Jared. If I was going to do the archery hunt out of a blind, is there any blind you'd recommend? Man, no, not at all. I have no personal bias other than <laughs> my own blind is the Zenit ground blinds. Thanks, Robert, for putting that on a tee. <laughs> oh, perfect. So I love hunting antelope just like Jared. Um, I've chased them with a bow. I've chased them with a rifle, um, you know, and I, you know, introduce my kids to hunting antelope and my wife. It's one of those fun things to hunt. We all know deer and elk, you're glassing, you're hunting hard in the morning, you're hunting hard in the evening. Um, antelope, you can hunt all day long. They typically bed in the open. You can kind of just, you know, do more hiking or driving and glass for them. So, I mean, for me, they're, they're a super fun animal to hunt. Um, I don't think they get the credit that most things get. They're probably one of the more difficult animals to judge other than maybe a mountain goat or a bison. Uh, I mean, they are, they can be very difficult and, 90% of people that shoot one and walk up on it were like, Ooh, I thought that was bigger, <laughs> you know? So for me, I like to hunt them in every state possible. Um, we'll just run through some states that have them real quick that, you know, we kind of talk to people about applying um, Arizona, you know, has antelope, but think of drawing an antelope tag in Arizona is like drawing a sheep tag. They're some of the biggest antelope there are, but horrible draw odds. You know, Colorado has more antelope than I ever gave it credit for. Um, you know, there's plenty of places to hunt. There's some, private land issues on the eastern side of the state but colorado sneakily does kill some giant antelope we had a 90 inch antelope on our cover hunt full a couple years ago um idaho which jared talked about i love i'll put in for a rifle choice as my a rifle unit is my first choice and followed up second choice with the archery unlimited and i'll get that tag every year and it's in my pocket and then if i decide i want to go antelope hunting i've got a tag so i just know i'll always have at least one there montana my home state they give a lot of antelope tags. Um, for the most part, if you're just starting out and you're applying, you're looking at like 20% odds, give or take for your first year. 
it's a, a bonus point system. They need more points, the better odds are drawn. Um, Nevada, phenomenal antelope. I was born and raised in Nevada. I drew a tag last year. Uh, it had been 16 years I'd been applying for that tag before I drew it. Um, Nevada does have some phenomenal antelope in there. Um, but, you know, even if you draw the tag, I got to wait three years before I can reapply. Um, New Mexico, it's one of those states where we all want to hunt giant big antelope but the draw odds are pretty tough as well um there are some options like if you get on private land or go with an outfitter you can get guaranteed tags but the draw public land kind of stuff that i know me and jared and a lot of the other guys do you know it's a, a long time in between tags for us utah yes they have antelope the draw odds are horrific because they allow people to apply for everything and then you know my favorite um state to laugh at for antelope is california california does have a lot of antelope and they give up to one antelope tag to a non-resident a year <laughs> not one per unit just one so i don't even apply there and then wyoming is my favorite place i mean wyoming is the king of antelope if you ever drove through wyoming there's antelope everywhere giant antelope i mean uh i know all of us in the office have hunted there you know some of my biggest bucks have come from wyoming you know there's ways to take almost an antelope every year you know especially if you're willing to hunt some areas in the east that have more private land but the big thing is we've talked about sheep. We've talked about goats. We've talked about moose. Those are all tough to get. You can hunt antelope every single year if you want to. That's what's so awesome about them. They're good eating. Um, they're a beautiful trophy and uh, they'll test you. You know, it's just, it, it's awesome. Well, I think one of the cool things about antelope and, you know, like you said, this is where we, you can hunt it every year. And this is where we can start getting into some of those plans for guys like me, you know, you want to, you want to hunt something every year, but then you also want to be building up those points for a really good unit or something really big, that kind of trophy quality animal down the road. And this is where we can kind of get into those, you know, or like a one year, five year and a 10 plus year plan or things like that. And I think there's a little more strategy that can be had in, in something like this and, and I'm excited because I am, I'm going to be hunting. I'm going to be putting in for Wyoming this year. I'm going to finally burn those points I've been building up. And I uh, got uh, actually uh, Jim Zumbo down in Wyoming. Uh, I'm going to go do some hunting with him, which I'm really excited about. So this one, I'm definitely, uh, definitely invested in this episode. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, no. And I, I think just like Robert said, if you're really interested in hunting the West, if you're maybe for the first time, or if you're interested in introducing friends, loved ones, kids, uh, your significant other to the hunt, sport of hunting, there is no better animal to do it with. The prices aren't that bad. You know, tag prices still aren't astronomical. Access to tags is readily available, as Robert pointed out. And it's just such a fun hunt. It is literally, like I said, an all-day hunt. And you can hunt hard. I mean, and we've crawled through cactus for two miles to try to kill a big buck. And we've also driven around drinking hot cocoa and eating Doritos, you know, all day, glassing bucks up with a tripod off the edge of the road. So, you know, you can match the style to what the individuals are really wanting to do. Um, to Robert's point, Wyoming is hands down the king of antelope. Almost half of the entire pronghorn population in the U.S. resides in Wyoming. Wow. And then Montana, of course, has a huge population and it sort of goes downhill from there. But Wyoming's got dang near half of all the pronghorn in the U.S., right in its own cowboy state borders. So, you know, and then uh, Robert mentioned Colorado and I didn't even throw that into the great 
you know, easily acquired bow hunting options. Colorado's slam dunk. Nebraska has opportunities. I mean, you can go hunt pronghorn every year. And it's the cool thing is like you're saying, it's a good opportunity for people, but it's, it's, you're almost always going to see action. It's not like taking someone on an elk hunt where there's going to be giant periods of nothing happening and slow. And, you know, I feel like with, with pronghorn, you get into the right areas you're seeing something every day. You're, yep. you know, you're, you're getting into them. You're usually able to make stocks. You're, you're able to have that fun hunting experience that people are looking for when they're first starting out. And hunter success is amazing. I mean, it's with rifle, I mean, take, take archery outside of it, rifle hunting success for antelope, you know, across the West is probably 80% success. And, um, you know, the outfitted antelope hunts are priced. Uh, I definitely put that they're affordable. You know, a guy can come out and take his family on an antelope hunt, you know, his wife or something and be into it less than he probably would be for an elk hunt. So, I mean, you know, they're shorter hunts, they're high success, they're fun. You get experience, you know, more of that, you know, plains desert type country. And again, the success is just absolutely amazing. So when you can, I mean, I've even done antelope safaris where you get a Montana tag, you have an Idaho tag and you have a Wyoming tag and you shoot three or four antelope in one year. Um, one thing I like about them over like a moose, they're so much easier to pack out. You can literally... <laughs> put it in your backpack and walk back to the truck. Um, like I said, they're super fun hunts. You know, the big thing that I talk to a lot of guys that call in that want to go antelope hunting, antelope taste great. Some people are like, ah, oh, they don't taste great. Well, that's because they usually don't take care of them. So cool. what I recommend guys, you have a big cooler, you have ice in it, you go out hunting, you shoot that antelope, you take your pictures and then you take the quarters off it. You know, you take the skin off it. You literally leave it there besides the meat and you take that back and you get it on ice. You do that. Antelope's always going to be phenomenal. If you gut it, throw it in the back of your razor and you drive around for three more days, it's not going to taste that great. And I see people... <laughs> unfortunately do that all the time so it's like proper meat care you know keeping it clean keeping the bugs off it getting a nice chest antelope is delicious it is it's it's hands down my favorite western big game but yeah one other tip too you know the bucks have that black that beautiful black patch on the side of their face their cheekbone there that's a nasty gland in there greasy and like if you stick your nose in it when they're rutting it is it is not happening don't stick your hand in that when you're taking photos and then start handling the meat that's the other pro tip of not tainting the the meat there we go so say, you know, I'm, I'm new to this. I'm like, all right, I'm sold. Like this is, I want to, I want to do this for my first hunt. I want, uh, I think I want to do, I want to do rifle to, to up my likelihood of being successful. So say I'm brand new and I want to hunt antelope this year. What am I looking at? You're a rifle hunter and you're don't have any points anywhere. Your best bet is Wyoming, you know, Wyoming, you can go to our draw odds, you know, that Jared was talking about on our uh, huntful website. And you can look and find all the units that can be drawn with no points. Um, and if you're a Huntful member and you get the magazine or you're looking at the EMAG, we actually have a page or two dedicated to tags that could have been drawn as second choice. So those are areas that you would have been guaranteed to draw if you drew, if you applied the year before. And if you draw a second choice tag, you still actually accumulate bonus points and uh, you can hunt that as well. Most of those are going to have a little bit more private land. You're going to have to use like an Onyx or something like that to navigate those systems. Some hunter management areas, some have state land, you know, some have trespass fees, 
all that stuff will make it uh, doable for you. But if you have no points, I would look at Wyoming, look at units that have great draw odds and huge hunter management areas where you can go in and have walk-in hunting opportunities. And there's a lot of units in the eastern third of Wyoming that a guy can hunt every single year. Yep. And I'm sure that your listeners are probably already familiar with it, Sam, but, you know, Robert touched on hunter management areas and and that's one of Wyoming's Wyoming has a couple of different private land public access programs. They have an access. Yes. And, but the, the most popular and best one is HMAs or hunter management areas. You can find those on their website. Um, so as you're researching these units that have, you know, that can be drawn with zero points to Robert's point, you kind of want to go back and forth between Wyoming's hunt planner to make sure that you find one that does have public access on it. Because again, these ones that have zero points for the most part have a lot of private land issues, but a ton of them have, have great, access to the HMA program. Is that, are those HMAs similar to like the block management units here in Montana where it's uh, effectively landowners allow access to their land for hunters if they, as long as they follow specific rules and, and things of that nature? That's exactly right. Same exact program, private land, public access. It's a cool program. Your sportsman's dollars help fund that. Um, and it's something that I just, I love. I wish that every state could grow that program. And yeah, it, I, I got to hunt the the block management units in Montana, not this last season, but the season before. And it was just an amazing program. Like I didn't even know it was a thing until I already got out there and I'm looking at my Onyx and I'm like, what's this little polka dot deal right here? <laughs> Tapped on it. And I'm like, my mind was blown suddenly. So that was uh, programs like that are really, really awesome. Make sure you research them uh, beforehand to make sure you're following all the rules and not ruining it for the rest of us. But um, yeah, no, those are great programs for sure. That's a good point too, Sam, that when you talk about Onyx, uh, Montana, Wyoming, um, now Idaho too, I think has just passed this a couple of years ago. You, It's the sportsman's responsibility to know where you're at. So they do not have to fence or post that you can't hunt on their property. So you really got to be cognizant of big states. And since again, we're going to talk about Wyoming and Montana as the two you know biggest populations of pronghorn to hunt. Both of those states, man, you better be living on your Onyx if you are out, because even though it might not look like private land at all, tons of that arid desert sage country is privately owned, and you, it, it is on the onus of the hunter to, to be where they're supposed to be. So there's there's one other option, too, that's out there, and sometimes these will be, you know, some uh, other ways to, you know, like I talk about these antelope bonanzas where I'm trying to kill as many antelope as humanly possible in one year. Um, there's reservations, too, that offer, you know, um, hunting as well. Some of them are guided hunts where you'll apply for. Montana has a bunch of reservations that offer antelope hunting. Some of them you'll apply for if you draw, it's $500 for the antelope tag, and you get to go hunt on your own. You know, so like the Fort Peck Indian Reservation, you can apply for an antelope tag there. If you draw it, 500 bucks, you just go hunting on your own. You don't need a guide or anything. There's a lot of other reservations that offer antelope hunting as well, but it's usually going to be a guided hunt. And some of those can be very cheap to do, you know, you know, 2,500 bucks, 2,000 bucks to go hunt a reservation. So outside of the states that we cover in the hunting fold, there's also some reservations that give guys extra opportunities to say, draw a tag and go hunting, uh, you know, if they missed out on, you know, one of these other states. 
This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. So if uh, if I'm talking to you and I'm pretty much telling you, like, okay, went on my first antelope hunt. I loved it. I want to hunt antelope as much as humanly possible in the future. I want to make sure as consistently as possible I have an antelope tag. But I also want to be able to take maybe something bigger, uh, bigger down the road. What what kind of plan would you guys help me put together? I think the first plan we'd go over is how to judge antelope, because <laughs> a lot of guys will, you know, be like, "I got to go to Nevada or Arizona where giant antelope are." Well, like, oh, there's really big antelope in Wyoming. You know, it's put more into the Boone and Crock than any other state. Montana's got great antelope. Most guys don't know what they're looking at. And I've been fooled too. And I've seen great outfitters fooled. You know, you see a buck and no one thinks he's that big, but he stands next to the other antelope and he's kind of like a Shaquille O'Neal of antelope. He's four inches taller than the other antelope. His face is an inch and a half longer and you just misjudged him. So I think if you really want to kill big stuff, you got to figure out how to score them and how to judge them because there's big antelope everywhere. I mean, it's not like, you know, there's 80 inch potential in pretty much every one of these states we're talking about. And that's the, you know, Boone and Crockett Awards. So really just knowing how to judge them. Like even when I go to Wyoming and I draw one of these tags, you know, I may look over 50 to 100 antelope bucks a day. And it's just like cookie cutter, cookie cutter, cookie cutter. I'm looking for that buck that's got really big prongs or great mass or big height. You know, and when we talk about like deer and elk, you get a lot of your points by tine length, main beam length. Well, an antelope, it's mass. So that mass can really fool a guy. So, you know, the big thing is just kind of learning how to score them. But uh, if you're really looking for a giant, you know, we tell guys, you know, Wyoming on some of the better units, Nevada, Arizona, you know, those are going to be the states that are producing, you know, some of the biggest antelope. But even in those units, you're still going to have to weed through a lot of cookie cutters. Deer and elk, you know, five to seven years before a, a, a big bucker bull, you know, gets to a trophy potential most guys want to hunt. Antelope can be two and a half years. They grow fast. They grow big. So say I'm looking at uh, wanting to draw one of the better units uh, in Wyoming. How many, how many years am I looking at uh, building points for something like that? So Wyoming is going to give 75% of tags to the guys with max points. Um, you know, there's a lot of good units where, you know, max is uh, 15 points right now. So most guys that have had max have already drawn their tags. So I would think if you start getting in that seven to eight to 12 range, you're in for some of the top units. 
Um, there's always a lot of sleepers, you know, that, you know, and that's what we research and what we do for where guys can, you know, draw two, three, four points and still be hunting great antelope. And the cool thing about Wyoming is 75% of those tags go to the points guys we talked about, but 25% go random. So even if you don't have enough points, you can still apply for that unit and you have a random chance of drawing it, which kind of makes it nice. And then Wyoming is the only state really in the West that'll over allocate tags. So if the three of us put in for, let's just say unit 64 and all the tags, but two are gone and there's three of us, all the other states would reject us. Wyoming will just issue an extra tag. Hmm. So um, now did you mention, did I hear you mention that if you draw a second choice tag, that doesn't actually burn your points? That is correct. For Wyoming, if you draw a second choice tag, it's not going to burn your points. But in Wyoming, everyone gets their first choice before anyone gets their second. So that unit will have to go undersubscribed in the first draw for the tag to be able to be drawn by you in the second choice. In Wyoming, you know, we think of, let's just say, you know, Arizona. Bonus points equal giant animals. The more points you have, the bigger the, the animal, you're more than likely going to be able to hunt. Well, like Jared, we were talking about, you know, he's got a lot of elk points in Utah, and we're trying to figure out the best area for him to go hunt with all those points. Those points are offering him better trophy potential. Wyoming antelope is opposite. Wyoming antelope preference points typically offer you better access to public land. Yes, there is great genetics there, but they kill giant antelope statewide. The Red Desert's kind of the most popular area, but it's 100% public land for the most part. So that's why it's taken guys, you know, so many years to draw. You can go into areas in that eastern third of Wyoming that are 80% private land. They're still killing Boone and Crockett, giant 85-inch antelope. Guys are drawing that on the second choice because there's not a lot of public land. So when we're consulting guys about antelope in Wyoming, we tell them bonus points or preference points for this matter, equal access to public land. And because there's, there's phenomenal antelope killed every year on areas where outfitters are managing or private landowners are allowing guys to hunt. So as far as the strategy, you know, again, say, you know, I'm wanting to hunt antelope every year if I possibly can. So I'm putting in for some of those higher draw units you know, and feel free to tell me if this is a stupid idea, would you suggest then to build points, putting in for some of those more difficult to draw units as my first choice. And then as a second choice, putting in for, for the, the best draws I can possibly get. Well, it kind of depends on what you're looking for too, and what state you live in. If you're in a state that doesn't have antelope and you want to hunt antelope every year, you know, like Jared mentioned earlier, Idaho archery is one that I'm going to have as my second choice. Now, I can't apply for Idaho antelope if I'm doing, you know, moose, sheep, or goat for the trophy units. But because Idaho antelope is an unlimited tag, I can put in for sheep and still put in for antelope because the tag I'm putting in for is not a not a limited tag. It's an unlimited tag. So you can kind of sneak that. Idaho gives a guy an opportunity to hunt that. Um, you know, Jared can go into more depth on all the states that have over-the-counter uh, archery antelope but for me i would look at the unit that i want to hunt that would be my first choice and then i would pick a unit that a has enough public land or i have access enough figured out where i can go hunting you know and then i'm going to go across the board you know apply for you know arizona nevada and utah because i'm already buying a license there applying for other things 
Wyoming, I'm always going to be applying for. Um, the cool thing about Wyoming is if you don't want to apply, you can buy points. And then, you know, the other thing is I'm going to find guys that have lots of points. I, I you know, I'll say this on a podcast, doesn't bother me. I love hunting antelope and I love hunting big antelope. And if there's guys that have been sitting on a decade worth of points and twiddling their thumbs and being like, I just don't know where to go. I'm so afraid to burn these. I'll help you burn those and we'll go hunt together. You know, I'm not guiding yet, but like, well, let's share points. We'll share a camp. We'll all hunt antelope and we'll just go that way. But, you know, so, I mean, there's, there's ways to draw tags, you know, it's either find guys with more points, include them in your party that it gives you points because they average them. Um, but then, you know, I'm always looking at, you know, and then there'll be tags left over in Wyoming and you can get those on the second draw, but those are typically ones that have almost exclusively private land. Well, and Robert's probably going to kill me for this little sneak, but if you have, you know, family members that don't hunt, you, you as long as they get a hunter education certificate, you can build points, you know, 30, just a little over 30 bucks a year to build a preference point in Wyoming. And you could be building points for friends and family that don't necessarily hunt. You're going to have to pay the tag price for both parties, but you can go in there together. It's going to average your points uh, together and, you know, up your chances of drawing more tags just by helping fund your, you know, non-hunting buddy. 100% and kids are 10 bucks a piece. So yeah. you're even getting a more discount there. Mm-hmm. Wait, so how does that work though? So if you have the, the same number of, if, if you're putting in for them and yourself the whole time and you have the same number of points. No, we're saying that we're saying that you're going to go ahead and draw every chance you get. Meanwhile, in the points only period, okay. you're building your, your non-hunting pals, preference points and then on the on the years that you've already drained your points back to zero you grab one of them that might have three points you guys go back into the draw together you've got one and a half points and you're going to be guaranteed a litany of units in in uh, wyoming that would be guaranteed with one and a half points oh, there's a lot okay. of there's a lot of units like uh stan one of our guys in the office he went over to wyoming and just knocked out a great buck in a unit that's like a one point draw tons of hunter management areas you know and if you did jared's little plan right there and built one and a half points you know you could literally cycle three of your buddies through and you're hunting that unit every single year okay but i don't know i don't know if you should publish that part of this podcast (laughs) 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 or if you have a guy listening who has max points you can just have him call me Uh, there we go Yeah, I'm not guiding you. We're just hunting together uh, because I want your points. Um, Point daddy. (laughs) Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear which is why Midway USA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. So I'm going to ask, I believe I have this year, I'm looking right now. Okay, so I have four points for antelope in, in Wyoming. This is solely me being selfish and uh, asking exactly what I want to do. Like what... What am I looking at? What are my odds for a, a decent unit? What uh, what would be smart for me to look at? 
So first, I'm assuming, and with Wyoming, you know, you're putting in for a Type 1 license, which is a rifle. You can spend the extra money, buy the archery stamp, and then you can go and hunt, you know, the archery season, you know, on top of that. So you have four points at this time. So my question to you is, are you only going for the cheaper price license or are you willing to pay the special price license because that's going to, you know, increase your odds? And Jared, do you want to break down the what the difference is of those two or yeah, for sure. So Wyoming, you know, is the I think the only state that I know of that does this. I mean, the other states have variations of it, but they have a regular price and a special price for deer, elk, antelope. Um, and basically, you're you're drawing the same exact tag. They're just charging you more for it in the special price draw. So it was a way for them to pull out a portion of the tags, charge people more for it, make more revenue for the state. Improved draw odds is the idea behind it for the for the more expensive tag. And then for the most part, that's true. I mean, if you study it, there are times where actually the special price had tougher draw odds because people are trying to game the system, right? And get their tags. Mm-hmm. Robert's point, because it's more expensive, it's a separate set aside. It's I believe it's 40% of the total quota goes in the special draw, 60% goes in the regular price draw. And then of course, like Robert pointed out earlier, each of those have their own quota of preference point draw only versus random. So 75% go still to preference point holders and 25% go random. So anyway, there's four separate quotas essentially that you're applying for when you apply for a tag in Wyoming for those species. And you know, you're, you're going to need to look at the draw odds in order to, to game that system a little bit. But if you're willing to pay more money, as a general rule, your draw odds go up. Usually by a point or two. So you can almost cheat a cheat, you know, a year or two, you know, from drawing, you know, where a a unit that four points on a general license, you know, this is on average could be, you know, two points on the special license and talking to a lot of guys, they just don't want to pay the extra, you know, when it comes to the antelope and it's, it's a big price increase too. I mean, it's not just like an extra 20 bucks, you know, you're looking at the regular price license last year was 341 bucks and the special was 629. So, I mean, that's a, a big jump. And again, like Jared said, the minute the draw is done, you got the same tag as everyone else. Yep. I mean, one example, like unit 88 last year, it, it drew out at four points at 67% of the people that had four points, you know, drew a tag in the regular draw In the special draw a hundred percent of everybody drew with two points. So literally, you know, you could jump two years by spending the extra money in that particular case last year. And the special draw will really help you in that to draw a second choice tag, because a lot of these tags you can draw second choice in the cheaper price license. They take a point or two where, you know, you might be able to get it in the special license, you know, without. Yep. And save your points. Interesting. There's there's a reason every time I go to apply for Wyoming, I just always remember it being super complicated. And I feel like I, I'm, I always do it last minute, too, because I always end up changing my mind on whether or not I want to apply or just buy a preference point. And so it's always last minute. And I'm always like panicked trying to figure out what the heck's going on with these draw odds in Wyoming and why nothing seems to be making sense. And that that probably explains it. <laughs> Yeah, if you look at Wyoming's site, it's you once you understand it, it's pretty clear, but it's not intuitive at all to get to the understanding. So again, back to our draws calculator, you can hop in here, you can select that you're by default, it'll say you're a non-resident. 
in the app type and the hunt type, there's a pull down menu of all these different types, like Robert just mentioned. You know, I've got type one open right now. Then I can actually sort by the minimum number of points required to draw, ascending or descending order. And I can see myself right in the draw. Okay, I got four points. So I can draw these 21 units are below, are in, at zero, FYI, and type one. Uh, there's 21 that drew with zero points. So there's a lot of opportunity there, but you can you know, work your way all the way up to four points and kind of see yourself in the draw. One thing I will say before we, I don't know when you're going to wrap this up, but I know Robert would agree with me on this. No matter what you're doing, you should be building points, back to your point building question, in Montana and in Wyoming for antelope because it's super cheap and it's it's just so easy to do. Uh, it's 25 bucks a year in Montana uh, to build it in the points only period. That's what July one through September 30, I believe. Is that right, Robert? I think it goes till October for Montana. And I think Wyoming drops off in September or vice versa. Yeah. I thought it was the other way around, but don't trust us. We're not the experts. Just kidding. (laughs) Uh, Either way, build your points for both of those species. If you're just doing points only, it's a little over 30 bucks in Wyoming. It's 25 in Montana. Um, Literally no other cost outside of that. Those are two absolute must haves when it comes to building points for pronghorn. So I'm thinking if, uh, if I had to build out a plan for myself, and I'm looking like, okay, I want to, I want to be hunting every year for sure. I'm probably looking at, looking at archery pronghorn, buying over the counter tags, going out, probably working a little bit harder, still having a great time though. And then if I want to get that like really primo tag, building up those for a right, uh, a rifle tag, probably building up those points for a few years and, uh, and then kind of burning them on a good year, maybe maybe even buying that uh, premium or I guess the, the special, special tag price. Is that kind of, kind of what I'm looking at for a pronghorn hunt plan? I think so. Yeah. All right. Is there anything that we need to touch about on the uh, fastest food in North America? I feel like we've covered it really well. Like I said, go, don't wait. It's, you know, again, that's one species that, it, there's never been a better time to go hunt them. Lots of abundant opportunity. Um, and it's a great way to cut your teeth if you haven't if you haven't taken the chance to come out west yet. Nope, and they're a beautiful mount. They look great on the wall. Their colors, I mean, you know, antelope are absolutely such a cool animal. And mm-hmm. uh, the other thing, you know, Jared kind of mentioned a little earlier, but, you know, if you get a state like Montana, the season dates typically go till early November. If you happen to shoot an antelope in November, don't try to drag it by the horns. <laughs> <laughs> Pop right off. <laughs> and one of the coolest things about antelope as well is uh, among a lot of these species is they're such a cool example of conservation in work and how, how sportsmen have really been responsible for growing these species back. Um, such an incredible uh, example of the North American model of wildlife conservation. So it's a, just an added bonus, I think for new hunters that can, you know, harvest that animal, bring that meat home, have an incredible time year after year. But then also it gives gives you something to speak about to your friends and and present it in a in a really awesome light. So I I'm I'm really excited to to go after him this year. Um I'm also excited now that I'm in Montana to be putting in for those resident tags as well. So <laughs> it's gonna be a good year. 
Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, at one point in time, I believe the antelope herd was decimated down to like 13,000 estimated animals nationwide. And, you know, it's it's burgeoned way back up north of that at times. I think right now it's sitting somewhere close to a million strong. So really cool conservation success story. Thanks in part, well, an almost exclusive part to sportsmen and their dollars. Absolutely. But well, gentlemen, uh, just a reminder to everyone, use code TWI60 to get 60 free days to use and abuse the Hunt and Fool membership. Uh, get your tags, uh, check out all the value they offer. Make sure to check out on the website uh, the draw deadlines for your state, the states you want to apply in. I know I take, I take those pages and just kind of print them out keep them on my computer and I kind of cross them off as they pass. So I know what's coming up next on my plan and I don't miss those dates and also make sure to check out the draw uh, cost calculator that you guys offer super valuable tools uh, available even without using the uh, free code. But again, you get 60 days free. There's no reason not to go try it out. Gentlemen, thank you so much again for taking the time. Oh, no problem. Thank you very much. All right, y'all, that'll do it for this episode of The Wild Initiative. Make sure to check out the show notes page at thewildinitiative.com. Get links to everything we talked about in today's episode. Y'all, I want to say a big thank you to both Jared and Robert for hopping on the podcast and sharing all of this super valuable information with y'all. Hope y'all were taking notes. Make sure, again, I can't harp on this enough. There's no reason for you not to head on over to huntandfool.com, the Hunt and Fool website, sign up for a digital membership using that TWI 60 code gets you 60 free days. Y'all this will get you through all your application planning, all of that stuff. See what is so valuable about the service. Um, and again, check out those free tools on the, uh, on the website. Uh, make sure you check out that list of draw dates and check out that hunt cost calculator. To see what you're going to be paying out of pocket. All right, y'all, that'll do it for this week. Looking forward to next time. But until then, I hope this podcast inspired you to get involved, get outdoors, and plan your initiative for the wild. Thank you for listening to The Wild Initiative. Please take a moment to leave a rating and review on iTunes or Stitcher and head on over to thewildinitiative.com to get show notes, check out the blog, gear discounts, other podcasts from the Wild Initiative family, and more. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6'8 Western. Oh, I'll be over there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Every once in a while, it's fun to go with, like, just full-blown redneck on these fish. This is like high-tech cane pole fishing right here. From the white sandy beaches to the crystal blue waters, enjoy the best fishing Panama City Beach has to offer during Chase in the Sun, Sundays at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.